Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what's up everyone? It's that time again, another episode of Tossing Clubs. I'm here joined by Aaron and Zach, and today we'll be talking about our golf trip at Gamble Sands, and we're super excited to share with you our experiences with that course. But before we do that, we'll do a very quick recap of the Wells Fargo Championship. Last weekend, Max Homa, fellow bear, won the Wells Fargo Championship over Keegan Bradley. And guys, what can you tell me about this tournament other than um, the field wasn't that great, but that's not to take away from Max, and it was wet. Max is winning a lot of tournaments. I think this is uh, number four lifetime, and I think he's won a lot recently. He's definitely becoming a closer on tour. Like If he's near the lead on a Sunday, it seems like he's pulling it out most times, which is pretty cool to see. He's definitely... The game's working. The game's going. Like he's he's uh definitely turning it on this season. I also love that in DraftKings, all three of us picked him, and he goes out and makes us look good, makes us look like we know what we're talking about. So I'm super stoked about Max Homa. Max Homa is definitely one of my favorite golfers. I initially knew him as just the guy from roast everyone roasting everyone swings, but. He also appeared in No Laying Ups videos, and he just seemed like someone who was super down to earth and super just like relatable. And it's great to see him go from that guy that was sort of just there for uh, not really contending, but sort of middle of the pack to someone who is actually a force on the tour. So that's really cool to see. And this upcoming week, we have the AT&T Byron Nelson before the B, the PGA Championship, excuse me, and this field has all of the stars, basically. So it has, it's got Sky Scheffler, it's got Justin Thomas, so it should be more exciting to watch. Um, other than that, guys, is there anything else we want to touch on, or should we jump right into our golf trip? Let's do it. All right. So, guys, first question is, have you ever been on a dedicated golf trip before? I uh, I think the last time I went up to Seattle for me basically counts as a dedicated golf trip, but it was kind of kind of the same reason. It was before we started the pod, went up to visit Zach, and we went and played a couple rounds of golf. But other than that, I haven't. Yeah, I feel like I've been on a lot of trips where I got to play golf, but it wasn't like the sole focus. Like there's always something else that was going on. I was doing some type of tourist activity or, or whatnot but yeah up until this year uh now i feel like we're we're doing these golf trips where it's like golf just like 24 7 it's like all we do all we think about like everything's designed around how are we going to play our best round on the day that we go to this course It's it's been super fun uh, same absolutely and aaron i just want to check last time you flew in on a friday and then played a round right and then you played another round saturday and flew out is that yeah yep i think you guys picked me up from the airport and we went straight to the golf course i uh wow yeah that time it was really not for golf 
<laughs> I thought that it was sort of just like a side piece, but now golf is the main focus. And this time we planned our whole schedule around golf, which was awesome. Uh, so first, let's go from the beginning. So Aaron and I, we flew to Seattle. Uh, shout out to Southwest for flying bags for free. Uh, I'll always be a loyal customer if you keep on doing that. And then Zach picked us up. And the night before, I remember, I just couldn't sleep because I was so excited for our, I, I think it was like a 9.30, 10, 10 o'clock tea time. And I was just like, dude, I'm not going to be able to sleep and I'm going to be so exhausted for tomorrow. Did you guys feel similarly? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys got on Thursday night. Friday was like our practice round. We, we had a tea time at Washington National, which is the course that the uh, Washington Huskies, uh, their men's and ladies teams play at their home course. And yeah, same feelings, just super psyched, golf weekend, was ready to go. Yeah. A quick thing about flying clubs, like before this year, basically, I was kind of intimidated because, you know, your clubs are worth thousands of dollars. I'm kind of like nervous taking them anywhere, but now that I've been doing it, it's it's pretty easy. Southwest makes it super easy, and you know I I've got the I've got everything down. I've got the travel bag. I know how to pack it real quick. I know how to take the head off my driver and put it back on. Like take the range finder out. I have like a process. So like now that we're doing that and and that is uh I guess my point is for everyone out there that hasn't that hasn't really traveled like it's not as hard as it seems to bring your golf clubs. And absolutely, I agree with that. And just FYI, I have a soft case, about 75 bucks from Amazon and knock on wood, it's been doing just fine for me. So then guys at Washington National, uh, you know, it was a little bit wet. So not going to lie, haven't really played that much in wet conditions before. And uh, I'm going to say it's a little bit different. but Zach, you know, being a real resident of the Pacific Northwest, uh, I'm sure it was not too difficult to play in those conditions for you. <laughs> those what? Those conditions. Condit. I like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty standard, like Washington Pacific Northwest golf, like off and on sprinkling a little bit chilly like definitely have the long sleeves on you might have an umbrella with you like the ground's definitely soft you're not going to get a lot of roll with your drives ball's going to stick on the greens i think um like there's some like standing water throughout the course cause it, it had rained pretty hard the day before and so i think we we're all just kind of adjusting to making huge divots <laughs> with your wedges and just like not trying to hit balls fat and also just being back in the fairway because like your drives just weren't traveling that far so i mean it was fun like washington national is a cool pretty like good condition course up here in uh near seattle um it's yeah i don't know what do you guys think for like kind of your you've been up here a couple times playing seattle golf courses but what what was your take on washington national for me it was kind of the opposite i think like the week leading up to it, Zach was like, Hey guys, it might rain. It's going to be like in the forties, which in my mind being from California, I was like, that's almost freezing. So I packed my snow jacket. I packed a beanie. I was like at the range working on hitting high shots so that I could max out my carry. And so when I got there, I actually 
didn't struggle that much. I just, I kind of like, I, I had set my expectation, like, like, like it was going to be crazy weather, crazy cold. And I pretty much got by in just a t-shirt and, um, you know, just sure drives didn't roll out as much, but I felt like everything else was, um, was pretty good. So it was pretty fun for me. It's definitely warmer than we expected. It was like mid fifties or something. Got like warmed up towards towards the middle of the day. Yeah, hundred percent. And I will say it was still a very fun round, but the whole no rollout type of thing was very very challenging for me in California. We're in a freaking drought, so the balls roll a mile, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna hit three wood off the tee because my driver is ass right now, and I basically had it felt like two hundred yards into every par four, and it just felt like man, this is, this is, this is a battle, right? So Washington National, uh, we played with someone who played there pretty regularly and he caddied for us essentially. So that was pretty fun meeting him. Um, overall, like you guys said, it was very wet. There was some standing water, but overall it was still a very, very fun time and just a beautiful course. Um, so after Washington National, we head on and drive over to Gamble Sands. It was about a two and a half, three hour drive and it went by pretty fast, not going to lie. Yeah, it felt like it was 30 minutes. Yeah, because you guys slept while I drove. That's why <laughs> I went by fast. <laughs> it's like a four hour drive to east, Eastern Washington. We're going out to Brewster, Washington, which if I mean, people probably have no idea where it was or it is. I, I mean, we had to look it up. It's like you got Seattle on the west side of Washington. You got Spokane on the east side. And somewhere in the middle is this little town called Brewster. And that's where we were headed to play Gamble Sands. Well, I didn't think I was asleep, but, you know, now, uh, you know, if I was asleep, I apologize. <laughs> but we get there and there was still some daylight out and we noticed, oh, hey, there's like a small mini, it looks like a par three course driving up to the resort. And so we check it out and I didn't know about it, but there's a par three course called Quicksands and it's actually 14 holes and signed up and it was a great time. And guys, did you know about this course? And, you know, could you describe to everyone what the, playing this course was like? Yeah, I, I had seen the quicksands like option when we were booking tea time. So I knew they had a par three course, but um, I wasn't really expecting it to be as nice as it was. It was it it was like pretty nice for a par three course. Um, but the coolest part was that it was like super linksy. So it was like. It, it almost like introduced us to how Gamble Sands was going to be. It was just like one big rolling fairway with hills and just holes all over. Like it's not, you can't even tell really where you're hitting next because it all is just like rolling, like grassy hills. Um, so that was pretty cool. It, it was like pretty low stress because every hole was like, I think the longest hole was like 150 or 160. Everything else was around 100. Um, so I, yeah, I, I definitely like that. I, I think one of the most like fun parts about this part three course was they had speakers on every hole, like on the greens. And so we, when we went to pay for the round, the guy asked us, he's like, Hey, like what music do you want? And we're all kind of like, wait, what, what are you talking about? And then he's like, yeah, there's like music on the golf course. And okay. We're like, okay, play Kygo. And this guy, I don't think he had any idea who Kygo was, but he basically played some, I don't know, 90s, 2000s hip hop and pop. And it was, it was a bunch of fun. 
yeah, it was a bunch of fun. And, you know, staying over, like, the first tee shot, you know, you're hearing, I don't know, I forgot what song, but it was, like, some hip-hop song, and I just thought, oh, my God, this is so ridiculous, but so, this is sick. It's like, where else can you do this? And, uh, yeah, to Aaron's point, I think the quicksands course really did introduce us to what Gamble Sands was going to be like, especially the, the ground. Um, it You know, playing at Washington National where everything was super wet, the club just dug in back gamble sands and at quicksands uh the it was like a very firm fairway so that was i'm really glad that we did uh play it before uh, our big round because then it's just you know getting some time to adjust to it and making sure that i don't thin everything um but yeah 14 holes um i was in the bunker a lot which really helped me because it pr- helped me practice for you know the the real round at gamble sands and um, after that, we stayed at the resort, uh, which was really nice because there was a putting course in the backyard. The rooms are all lined up, and it open. You have a door. All the rooms have a door out back that opens to the putting green, and like this nice view of I don't know some of the small towns across the canyon. Um, so it was like really picturesque. Um, especially we were there like around sunset so it was super nice um the putting green was pretty slow which was you know if it was fast it would have been a lot of fun they had a little mini putting course set up um and it would have been nice to just be able to walk out your door and practice but uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure they I'm, i think they might cut it tighter like during the summer during the peak months um so yeah that's pretty cool yeah and that uh, about wraps up the first night that we were at Gamble Sands. Uh, I guess I should chime in that we did have dinner there, and the dinner was great, the food was great, but the service was uh, slow because, well, I mean, I think a lot of people were actually there at the restaurant, surprisingly, or at least surprisingly to the staff over there, um, because they were definitely understaffed and it took us about an hour to get our food, but that's really not anything against them not a knock you know they're trying their best but you know if you do stay there just know that the food is good the brownies and ice cream highly recommend the brownies and ice oh, cream. oh 100p dude 100p and then the we go to sleep and tomorrow we wake up for our 9 50 a.m tea time and guys oh actually before we even talk about that let's talk about our like sleeping situation <laughs> I mean, yeah, our buddy Kim joined up with us, and it was like the four of us. Um, and I mean, how, I forget exactly how much it was to stay at the hotel. Like we did a little stay and play package at Gamble Sands, but we wanted to save some money, and uh, we fit two dudes in one bed, and there are two beds in there, and uh, there were some snores in the room. So I can't say we got the best of sleep. I don't know who it was, but. Um, it, it wasn't like the, the best pre-night, like the best night before an important golf golf round the next day. Right. And before this whole trip, Aaron let us know, hey, guys, you know, I know I'm a snorer, just like FYI, uh, in case you want to book another room so that, you know, we all get our beauty sleep before the round. And we were like, oh, whatever, man, because if we think about it, like who's going to be like sleeping in your room, like that's not going to be fair anyways, right? It's like two people's going to sleep by and you know, one of us is still going to have to sleep in the same room as you. Uh, so we ended up all staying in one room. 
but then it wasn't Aaron who snored. It was Kim. And I remember laying in bed. I, like, turned over because Aaron was in the same bed. And I was like, dude, Aaron, just shut up. Shut up, dude. And then, and then I noticed that you moved, but the snoring kept persisting. I was like, holy shit, it's not you. And so I was like, okay, it's either Zach or Kim. And I think I got woken up probably three times that night. Yeah, and I think Zach also thought it was me. So I I definitely took the the fall for it during the whole night. But little did you guys know, I was actually also awake. Yeah, so we all suffered through the night. And when we woke up, we were all like low-key sort of tired. But at the same time, we were not because we were going to play Gamble Sands, baby. Top 100 course. And the range, uh, I think the quality of a course can really be not predicted, but I think the quality of the range really gives you a sense about the quality of the whole overall experience in the course. For example, at Kapalua, the range was sick, free golf balls and such. And here as well, um, had plenty of range time um, and, and probably too much range time. I think, uh, Aaron, you wanted to get there one half, two hours beforehand, right? Oh yeah, I I'm the type of golfer that like needs I can't just show up and like take it easy, joke around, get some beers and play well. I need to like be fully focused to play well. So all of that range time, like I think I was I, I might not have been the first one out there, but I was definitely the last one out there. You guys had all left and I was still hitting balls, but I needed all of those balls. And in the end, it was definitely good for me for my game. Yeah, and hey, man, me too. I love the range too. And Zach is probably on the other side of the spectrum. He's always saying like, dude, you guys are going to like get all of your good shots out of the way, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, okay, you know, we're done with the with the driving range. And then we go on to the first tee. Guys, did you feel any first tee jitters? I mean, yeah, like I felt, I felt a few first tee jitters. Um, I thought, I mean, it was... I really didn't know what to expect when I got on the tee. I thought what was interesting is like we'd heard a lot about Gamble Sands, right? You know, when when we picked this course randomly as like our top 100 course to play, we looked it up and it people said it was like very playable. It was like um, an emphasis on fun. Like we didn't know if it was going to be like a difficult course or not. And like the day before we had played with that one other guy, that single at, at Washington national. And he was like, Oh yeah, I shot like 70th there, like best round of my life. Like, and so we got to the first tee and my expectations are like, is this going to course kind of going to be like a joke or is it going to actually be difficult? Like it didn't look easy. Like there's tons of sand out there. There's tons of fescue. It's very linksy. It's like, um, well, I mean, it reminds you of like a course you'd see over in Scotland or something, but yeah, I kind of just didn't know what to look forward to. Got out there, swung pretty fast, and I actually hit a fairway, which was nice. Um, well, those are my thoughts on the first tee. Yeah, I I think I felt pretty comfortable with the first tee shot, having just spent like an hour and a half on the range. Um, I think I, it was just more just excitement to just get going, to get the round going. We'd been there was so much buildup. I mean, we did this this uh this random number generator thing and decided on this like at the beginning of 2022 so there was a lot of lead up to it hitting that first tee shot hitting it solid um it was i overdrew it into the bunker but you know whatever i got it out there and and it was just like it was 
excitement and relief at the same time. And just to just to set the scene really quickly before we hop into our, our gameplay and everything, Gamble Sands, for those that aren't familiar, from the back tees, it's actually like a relatively difficult course. It's like 7,200 yards. It's like a 73.4 rating. We played regular tees, which are about 6,200 yards, about a 68.6 rating. Um, so a lot more playable from those tees. And it's, it's very much, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. You see the Columbia River. It's a huge plot of land lots of space wide fairways massive greens firm playing conditions lots of fun stuff out there but yeah let's hop let's hop in yeah i think the like you said it is very playable from the regular tees uh my tee shot i remember it just drifting right and i was like oh my god my first tee shot is gonna be a lost ball but then you know luckily we found it and from there it was just you know i don't think i necessarily striped every shot but i kept the ball in play and like you said, with wide fairways, that's really the appeal of Gamble Sands for someone who's like a higher handicap. Um, and then I want to ask, at what point did you feel like, wow, this is like really sick. This has to be like a signature hole or this is something that I'm going to just remember with uh, my round here. I think as soon as like hole number two, like hole number two is this drivable par four. It's like 260 yards and you're looking down and in the background is the Columbia River. And you just, it's just, it's an incredible view. It's might be their iconic hole there. Um, but yeah, right away you like, it feels like you're in a completely different place. Like this is not regular, like Washington golf. It very much feels like you got teleported to some golf course overseas. It was, it was really cool from, from the start pretty much. Yeah, I agree. I, I like, I wasn't really sure what to expect in terms of views being like, you know, from the coast. And I feel in my head, like everything inland, you know, sometimes it's just flat, nothing, you know, no oceans, but being up where it was and like, it was like, it felt like it was kind of at the top of a hill. And so a lot of holes looked out into just the, whatever was around us, other hills, other towns and stuff. And it was super nice views, clear day. So I think, yeah, probably starting on that second hole where you get a super nice view of everything. That's when it's like, wow, this is like a nice course. Yeah, hundred percent. And then from your guys' rounds, do you recall any memorable shots uh, either from you or your playing partners? Yeah, I mean, I think one of my favorite shots is actually on like hole three. Uh, you finish up a couple of par fours and then you get to a par five and uh, it's like the number one rated difficulty par five it's like 500 and uh 500 plus yards and like i remember i hit my second shot three wood into a bunker and i was like 30 40 yards from the green and i hit this like weird flop shot with a nine iron out of the bunker and cozied it up there I ended up making a, my first birdie of the day and that was like huge for the rest of the round after starting with a couple bogeys so uh that was definitely a memorable shot for me yeah yeah i think my for me i I had two memorable shots, but the most uh, interesting one was on hole eight was another drivable par four. Um, this one was 280, and I hit a nice drive, little baby draw, like a like when I hit it well, that's what it is. And um, you couldn't really see the green from where we were, or you, you couldn't see the, the area leading up to the green, and so I hit the ball and it landed just short of the green, kind of disappeared, and then came back up onto the green. And so 
pretty much ended up right in the center of the green, had an eagle putt, which was super cool from 280. Um, of course, I missed that, but made birdie there and and uh, got back a stroke. So that was a lot of fun on that hole. Hmm. And then for, I think I remember that. Um, and then for me, uh, dude, I'm not going to lie. I had a few memorable shots. Yeah, I my my woods off the tee, they really weren't working for me. You know, I topped it a few times, uh, you know, got into the fescue. But, bro, my long irons, bro, saved me. Saved me. Maybe not get onto the green with my second shot, but definitely got me in play for up and down. So I avoided the big numbers. And I think that was just the theme for me to helping me shoot my personal best, uh, which I'll get to down the road. But then another memorable shot that I had was all right, my woods weren't working for me. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to hit driver. And then there was one hole where I think we all hit driver and Zach, you might hit wood. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not, this doesn't happen every day. So I'm just going to, you know, glow a little bit. But I outdrove all of you. You guys remember that? Yeah, you hit that. Super low on the face, low runner, ended up taking advantage of the slope of the fairway and got us by like five or ten yards. Okay, we'll give you that one. I do have to say, like, it's definitely a course that's set up so you have a lot of memorable shots. Like, it's designed by this guy, David Kidd, who is this, this Scotsman who, like, also did Bandon Dunes. He also did the castle course at St. Andrews. Not the old course, but the castle course. Um, and, like, when he was designing it, he talked about how he wanted to, like, basically create a course where he could shoot really well and, like, have a super fun time playing it. So, like, a lot of the holes and the fairways, everything kind of funnels into, like, where you need to be, right? So, if you miss on the right side of the fairway, it's there's probably a hill there and it's going to funnel back to the middle. Or, like, you miss along on a green, it's going to just kind of, like, roll on back. And so, it's a course where it usually doesn't get pretty wet. Things are, like, running pretty fast. And if you kind of just, like, hit the right spots, you can run it up near holes pretty easily it's it's i mean kind of as you design it it's, it's a super fun course to play yeah a lot of the holes if you go long there's a backstop that'll help your ball trickle back in and that i like really didn't understand that be at first but then after playing it it's like oh yeah like i'm so much more confident hitting this shot and i'm not worried to you know if it's a flyer it's like totally fine but the greens, I'm not gonna say like they're easy because the greens, a lot of them are pretty big and they're multi-tiered. So once you get on, you still have to make great putts. But uh, I think it was very generous in that, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to be, I don't know, losing your balls everywhere right next to the green, which can be like quite frustrating sometimes. I think a, like a perfect example of that is like hole number six, this is par three. It's like 180 to like 200 yards, depending on where the tees are. And one of our, our playing partner, Kim, basically like shanks of six iron and lands his ball like 40 yards right of the pin, way off the green. But it's like on this hill and it takes a few bounces and then starts rolling left all the way back to the green. And he's basically, he's like the closest one to the hole after completely missing his tee shot. And it kind of just like goes to show like the way the course is designed uh, you can get some breaks here and there. You can get some lucky rolls. You still have to pull off shots to score well, but it's definitely a friendlier course. Yeah, I agree. I I love the whole backstop thing because right now in my game, I, I tow the ball a lot, and so I don't get a lot of backspin as much as I should. And so a lot of times, especially on in firmer conditions, I'll land it on the green and it'll just roll out a bit. So having that backstop there to catch a couple of those shots, especially the longer irons, was super nice. Yeah, and 
Okay, so overall then, taking it all in, if you were to rate this course above or below TBC Harding, you know, what's your take? Yeah, I'm I'm above for sure. I, I love the I love the layout. I love the idea of just like making it fun but not too difficult. Conditions were great, views were great. Uh, just overall fun golf. I like it better than Harding. Yeah, definitely agree. I think it's definitely better than Harding. It's really beautiful. Like if you can kind of I mean it's and it's not it's easy but it's not like the easiest course you've ever played it's just like a, it's like a fair test with some easier holes some shorter holes it just makes for a super enjoyable round of golf i think also it has no trees and i love that like you can kind of spray it a bit and get away with it um so definitely got to put it above harding park but like to be clear the it, it was it definitely was not just a joke course where you can just like you know shank your way around or top your way around the course and shoot a good score like you have to pull off good shots there's a lot of areas where it, it just dies if you hit it there you don't even look for your ball it's it's a canyon full of trees stuff like that um, but you know if you have a little bit of control and consistency and can there's there's large areas that you can land the ball and be okay so i think i think uh that made it fun for us being maybe average golfers um, to be able to like feel like we were pulling off good golf shots, but it's not just like some easy course. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the design in that was, I remember a lot of holes where if you off the tee shot, if you hit it to the right, you're still safe. But like the fairways, while they're large, like there's still areas where you can definitely lose your balls. So I guess for a right-handed golfer, it might be a little bit easier than a left-handed golfer. I'm not sure if that's a fact, but just in my mind, I remember, oh, it's like, oh, hey, this is like a dog like right, which is obviously a little bit more comfortable for uh, you know someone who might fade or slice off the drive. Uh, and then I will say for me, it is 100% better than TPC Harding. It's not that I don't like TPC Harding, but... Dude, those greens are trash, and I cannot believe it's hosting like the President's Cup, but you know, I'm not dealing with those conditions. I mean, I guess those conditions are obviously different. They're going to prepare way more, like a lot better for people like the professionals than for us, you know, municipal, like everyday golfers. But um, yeah, I still can't believe that, you know, TPC Harding is hosting that. Can I just add real quick on that? I mean, like Gamble Sands doesn't host any professional tournaments, but I feel like there's also a reason why it's in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to get there. And like, if you're, you can't walk it very easily, the fairways and the greens just like fall off. There's like lots of cliffs. And so like, I can't even imagine what a viewing environment would be there. Like f having fans on that course would be a huge headache. Um, the amount of distance they'd have to walk would just be massive. And so it like kind of makes sense that a course like Harding, even though we all agree, it like probably isn't as nice and as fun. Harding's going to host a tournament just because it's in the middle of San Francisco. It's a lot more walkable. There's like room to put grandstands and stuff like that. Um, Gamble Sand is good for a very different thing, which is going out and having a great time. It's a very beautiful walk out there on the golf course. Well, absolutely beautiful. And another place that we played that was beautiful as well. We didn't walk it, but it was still beautiful. And it actually does host a tournament uh, is Kapalua. How would you guys rate Kapalua against Gamble Sands? Oh, I, I would go Kapalua 
and then gamble. It's you can't beat Hawaii. Golf in Hawaii is just so beautiful. That course was in I think even better condition and the fact that they had just, you know, they host the Century Tournament of Champions there. There there's more there's a lot of history. There's just, you know, you watched on TV every year. Um and just I mean, that course was really difficult but it, it was just really nice i'd i'd pick kapalua first yeah i'd also rank kapalua a little bit higher i'd also rank chambers bay which is also in washington higher than gamble sands chambers and uh gamble are the top two ranked courses up here in, in washington and i think chambers is definitely a little bit more challenging for sure i think it's also just a little more interesting um and it's also got that history to it. Like there's a U.S. Open there recently. Jordan Spieth was there hitting shots to win a tournament. You can walk out there and try to recreate shots, whereas Gamble's a little bit. I mean, there's just like not that history to it. It's like the reason you, you'd really want to play Augusta because there's just so much that happened there. Um, and you don't get that at Gamble. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, okay, last one, last of these uh, questions. All right. TPC Harding or Presidio? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to play Presidio again altogether to really know. I haven't played it since probably like 2013 or 2014. And back then I was just trash at golf. So I, I don't know. No comment. All right. Well, I would pick Presidio. I would pick Presidio. So that's where my allegiances lie. Okay, guys. And then uh, I think that's it that, you know, that we have for Gamble. Um, but we do need to pick our next golf destination. Are we gonna share our? Oh yeah, yeah. Share our scores. Let's or? Share our scores. Uh, Aaron, kick kick us off. Uh, well, I exceeded our all of our predictions for me and broke eighty and shot a seventy nine. Happy with that. Yeah, you played great. Uh, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, I what did I say you would shoot? I think you. I said you would shoot like eighty nine or something. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It was like just break ninety. Um, I I played pretty well. I like committed to a, a cut three wood off the tee pretty much the entire day. Left the driver out of the bag, and that definitely helped me out. Ended up shooting a, a seventy eight. Um, made a made an eagle on the par five eighteenth, which was just like a huge moment. That was clutch. It was. It's a shorter hole. It's like four hundred and forty yards, so it's more like a long par four, but hit hit three wood eight iron made a putt and that was that was definitely big i haven't broken 80 in a while so that that was nice for the confidence absolutely and that was big for your mental game too Go, just real quick going into 18 we we added it up we knew where we were i think i had you by one and we were like okay you have to make at least a birdie to have a chance and the eagle coming at man the eagle on 18 that was just huge and i parted so you got me by one yeah and for me i shot a 91 which was sick uh could have shot 89s but you know can't complain uh it was a uh, overall a lot of fun definitely kept the big numbers out of play and made a lot of pars which is which is huge yeah i feel like when you walked off the course though frank like you you were mixed emotions i feel like you you definitely should have broken 90 like you definitely had opportunities and like i know like your low round i mean if you had broken 90 shot like 89 or something that probably would have been your low round so i think yeah you played really well i think you could yeah you had the chance to do a little bit better but i think we're both pretty happy for you with your 90 yeah 
I, even though it was your PR, like I think you felt like you had left a couple easy shots out there where it's like, oh, if I had just not three putted on this hole, or you know, if I had just focused up more on this five foot putt, um, uh, then you know, there's two strokes right there, boom, break ninety. Yeah, hundred percent. I was mixed, um, and then I think actually, all right, actually, like let's go back a little bit because. During the whole round, we were all, like, low-key not, like, having fun. I remember looking at Aaron, and I was just like, yo, Aaron, it looks like you're, like, not having fun playing this. And I remember, like, looking at Zach, and Zach just, like, doesn't say shit. It's just like, <laughs> are you okay? Like, It's a grind to break 80. I was grinding. <laughs> I was grinding all around. <laughs> I'm trying to shoot a score. Frank, you'll know that grind eventually. Like, I mean, <laughs> Aaron and I both went out like hot front nines, right? I, like, I shot 39. I think Aaron shot like 40 or something. Yeah. And, like, so we're in like distance of you put a, together a good back nine and you break 80. And like, I remember I went on a streak of four or five, four or five straight bogeys on the back nine. I was pissed. I was like, this is like my one chance to break 80 in a long time. And then I'm not getting it done. Like, I'm not performing right now. And if not for that eagle on 18, like, I probably shoot 80, 81. So it, yeah, I was pissed off in the middle of that round. It's like definitely hard to enjoy what you're doing when you're trying to shoot a score. Okay. Well, so I just want to make it clear. It's not because of the course, right? It was just like your internal battles that made it like a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Golf is never fun. If you're playing, you're like always competing and competition is not inherently fun. <laughs> it's like, it's hard to enjoy it. Cause like, you're just yeah you're grinding and it's such a it's such yeah a grind. for me there, there's like two types of golf that i play i'll play the like social golf where i'm having a good time talking to people laughing probably drinking and i probably leave a lot of shots out there especially putts but that was like a really enjoyable competitive brand of golf that we were playing like we we all kind of knew where we were at and we were all neck and neck and I, you know obviously trying to break 80 like we said and even though i wasn't smiling i was enjoying every minute of that okay that's that's cool to know because for a long part of that round i was not enjoying it all right because i remember there was a part three where i think i like shanked it into the sand and then my next shot it like i shanked it into the sand like probably 50 yards in and the hole was about 120 yards my next shot it, it still was in the sand and then i made double on that hole and then like i said like throughout the the whole round i was like topping my uh tee shots and i was just thinking oh my gosh this is how i crumble and this is how i am just going to waste another 250 bucks right and at the end when i counted up it was a 91 and so that's why i, I thought okay you know that's why i had mixed emotions because I definitely thought I could have played better. And that 91, while it was still a great round for me, it felt like it could have been way better. Golf's an so, emotional game. It is emotional. But, you know, it's what it is. Up and down. Yeah. I guess I guess that's why we love golf. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I hope all of our rounds in the future are somewhat like that because it was pretty nice to – you know, count them up and just be like, oh, hey, yeah, like I'm not shooting freaking 105 or 120 like I did in Kapalua, you know? Yeah. I mean, also, like, it was obviously fun. Like, it was golf for two, three straight days, like, and we want to do it again. Like, I think 
I think that's what we're about to do. We're about to, that was like our course for the first half of the year, our top 100 course. And uh, I don't know, say we do it again. Absolutely. All right, let's do that right now. Let's do that right now. Uh, Aaron, you got that random number generator. I do. I'm using the exact same one per Google. All right, I got the uh, the list of Golf Digest top 100 public golf courses up here. So I'm ready to go. Give me a number, Aaron. Okay, and we are committing just like gamble sands to whatever this is we're going there yeah unless it's gamble sands or unless it's gamble sands all right yeah second half second half of this year second half of 2022 second half of 2022 all right all right before we go can i, can I ask where do you want to play and where do you not want to play i do not want to get abandoned course or pinehurst course because i feel like you're required to play like every course that's available at those destinations and i'm just not ready to play like six courses abandoned dunes so i'd like to go somewhere else i I definitely want to get out of california and washington though somewhere different yeah i agree i i'm hoping for something outside california and washington and oregon i'm i think i'm also not ready to drop as much cash as you would need to for abandon so i'm hoping for something a little east yeah, me too. I'm hoping for something easy just so we get out of the West Coast and make it like more of a, you know, a fun trip afterwards too, just to check out the cities and such. Uh, if uh, if we get number one, dude, I'm literally going to, um, I don't know, man, I might like cry because I am not ready for Pebble. Uh, yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah. So what happens if it does land on one? I don't think the chances of it landing on one are pretty small. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to land on one. It's not going to land on one. Just uh, put those vibes out there. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's do it then. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Here is uh, high number, high number, high screen. number. One to 100. I'm going to hit generate. Uh, where is it? There. Drum roll. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's got to be Yes. Candid. Yes. <laughs> Beth Page Black in New York. 100% Whoa. down. Is, oh, we just talked about no. this on the last podcast. This is uh, this is Jared Solomon, Five Iron CEO's favorite golf course Whoa. on the simulator. Dude, this is that course where it like warns you that this course is hard. Yeah, this is like incredibly yeah. challenging, but it's like very top of my list for a course to play. But yeah, we're gonna get our asses kicked a hundred percent. Whew. Are we ready to play this, dude? Like, oh my god! Hey, absolutely, we have to. New York's tight. Yeah, New York's tight. I'm not sure. Me playing Bethpage Black is tight. Number eight. Oh my god! All right. Wow. Right after Bandon Dunes, right before Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. Number eight, Bethpage Black. Damn. This is like a. This is an incredible course. I can picture that first par four, the dog leg right, hitting from that elevated tee box. Man, I'm stoked. I'm probably going to shoot 100, but I'm stoked. Uh, wow. Um, man, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this, but it seems fun. <laughs> yeah, nervous <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> All right, well... Beth Page Black, it is for our second course, second randomly selected course on our 
quest to hit all the top 100 golf courses, <laughs> public golf courses in America. So, peace out. <laughs>